have your Bible today, go ahead and get that out and get ready. Uh, I'll have a place to go for you in a little while. It'll be Genesis chapter 4 if you want to hold your spot there. I've been teaching a series called Dedicate, and uh, our foundation has been 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'll remind you once again of verse 5, which reads this way. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So this act of giving something to the Lord begins with uh, the, the higher, the more important is giving of ourselves to the Lord. And, and to learn how to dedicate oneself or one's possessions is of great value. This is a big part of the Christian life as far as how we relate to the Lord. Now, some of the things we've seen already is how to dedicate yourself, how to dedicate your body to the Lord, how to dedicate material goods, how to dedicate uh, money. Remember, we talked about the widow's two mites, we talked about the woman who uh, last week who, who gave the oil of spikenard, the very expensive, costly oil of spikenard. And, and we've seen, of course, the, the, the offering from the Macedonian church. We've seen how to give things, God's method of giving things and dedicating stuff to the Lord. I want to go down that road a little bit further today because when someone values something, they are willing to support it. They're willing to get behind it. Uh, they're willing to, uh, to do something that people who don't value won't. If I don't value something, if I don't consider it to be important, I'm not going to expend any energy. I'm not going to spend any money. I'm not going to uh, invest myself into it. Uh, again, if I don't believe it's worth very much. And so in this, we measure our own priorities. We, we make an assessment of what in life is important to us and really what in eternity matters most. Um, if we believe the kingdom of God, I'm going to say it this way, I'll speak for myself and probably for a lot of you. We believe that the kingdom of God, that the salvation of people and, and even their well-being in this life is of great importance, all right? And because of that, we're willing to dedicate ourselves. We're willing to dedicate our resources. We're willing to pour our lives into this outcome. The kingdom of God, the lives of people, uh, and come on, if, if you believe if you believe in heaven and hell, this is this is serious stuff, right? This is serious business that we're talking about, and and this is why we're willing to do these things to accomplish uh, God's will. Now, if if all I pursue in life is my own happiness, then you know I, I'm not going to consider the needs of others unless I can you know do it in a way that it's it's convenient. Maybe it doesn't cost me anything. Uh, but but if, if, I, if I am not living just for myself and my own personal happiness, I'm going to act in a different manner than those who are self-consumed and self-focused. All right? Now, in reality, if I am interested in being happy, because I kind of am, I mean, I've been happy and I've been sad. Happy is better. Right? And, and, and I doubt there's anyone here that would not be interested in their own well-being on some level, but the kingdom 
of God functions this way and God has revealed how we are made up is that when we pursue the well-being and happiness of someone else, that backfires on us. Doesn't it? What do we mean? That I'm going to be fulfilled, filled filled with joy, in part into the measure that I invest in someone else's well-being and their joy and their, their life being better, right? And if I, if, I, if, I am, if I try to, or if I seek to just live a happy, fulfilled life and I am oblivious to the well-being of others, I am not gonna make much progress. My, my, uh, my joy level, well, you, I don't, wasn't gonna teach this, but you know there's a difference between joy and happiness, Happiness is based on happenings. Happiness is circumstance-oriented. Joy is something that's permanent, that's inward, that will, uh, that will exist irrelevant, irregardless, or regardless, uh, uh, to, uh, to what's happening around us. Everybody with me? If you have joy, you can have bad circumstances or be under attack or have a lot of negative things happen, and you are still strong in the middle of it. I mean, no, you lose your joy, you lose your strength. Yeah, and so whenever we, we, we give in, we throw, the, throw in the towel, okay, we've, we've lost our joy, we've lost our expectation of a better future, but I'm never going to arrive at that place if my life is all about me and what I'm seeking. My happiness is based on your happiness in this regard. Hallelujah. Okay, and so... When we, when we, since we know this and we, we know what we're supposed to value, we're like the Macedonians in giving ourselves to the Lord and then giving whatever uh, he would desire of us or, or we had faith to do. I think it's important to know how to dedicate something. A proper way, I could say it this way, a proper way to give an offering, okay? That offering could be to the church, it could be to another individual, but it's something you're giving to the Lord via a, a natural uh, a vessel, but how to give something to the Lord. Remember this definition I gave you early on in the series, to dedicate means to give entirely to a specific person, activity, or cause. If it's dedicated, it's given, how much? Entirely to, to that. And so I think anything that we do regularly it would be worth the effort to do it well, right? It's like, I mean, think about things you do all the time. I think it'd be pretty important to, to, have a, to spend money on a bed, a good one, and I'm not a salesman. Spend money on a good mattress, a good bed. Why? Because you use it a lot rather than, I don't know, something else you might use once a month. That would be lower priority, all right? Even if you really enjoy it. I know, but you don't do it every day. Make sure you have this in place before you have this. If there's anything we do regularly, that's where attention should be given first. Uh, For the believer, things we do all the time, right? We pray, so I should learn how to pray. I should learn how to do that well. I should be an expert prayer, right? So it works. (laughs) I go to church a lot. I went to church a lot before I was a pastor, by the way. (laughs) I think that's right for people to do. Uh, I should know how to do church. I should know the proper mentality and focus and and, and how 
I should do church. I have a whole message based on that one, one question because Paul wrote to Timothy and talked to him about how you should behave in the church of God. All right. And so, because I do that all the time, and most of you do, right? You do this a lot. You should know how to do it. Okay. Uh, we can talk about other things that we serve. How, how can I be a good server? Servant, you know, how, but how can I can, how can I be one who does that well, does that with excellence and, and, and precision so it can be effective? I think this is also true about other, you know, about worship. It could be, and it certainly could be said about giving. If you're a believer, you are very likely, unless you haven't got that revelation yet, but you will, you have to, otherwise you die and stuff. I mean, if you take you too, everyone dies eventually. If you take too long to figure things out, you're done, right? One of the things Christians do is give. We are generous people. It's the very nature of our Father. It's who we are, all right? We are generous people by our recreated, born-again spirit, that new nature. It's who we are. That's one of the things we do regularly. So I should know how to do it. It would be, it would be wise to do this in a manner that is correct, okay? Now, consider the farmer, because there are so many farming analogies in the Bible, and some of those are about the word being planted as a seed, but also uh, finances being planted as a seed is one of the biblical teachings. So going to the farmer, I don't know a ton about farming, but enough, I live in Idaho, we, I like potatoes. <laughs> uh, um, uh, farming is, is probably a lot, there's a lot of science to it as, as to where a seed should go, you know, the type of soil, when it should go in the soil, how to properly manage it after it's planted, of course, water and fertilization and, and so forth. And in other words, there's some, uh, a, a farmer has to know something if he's gonna be successful in that industry, right? And so someone could, potentially mishandle a seed, a, a physical seed of some kind. They could handle it wrong, and, and if they don't handle it properly, it wouldn't reach its full potential and do as much good as it could. Likewise, then, if, I, if, if our finances are seed or any other type of thing that we give is a seed, I have to conclude that it would also be possible for me to mishandle it. I could give it the right way. I could give it the wrong way. I could, I could misuse it in after it's sown and, and so forth. I, I could do this the right or wrong way. So I want to analyze and, and look at Scripture with you, but to ask the question, what's the proper way to dedicate my seed, my offering to the Lord? If I'm going to do it anyway, and again, if you're not, I'm really not trying to talk you into it. I'm talking to those who are this way and saying this is how to right? No one's after any of your stuff. But if you're going to worship the Lord with me in learning how to give something to him, I should know how to do that, all right? And so let me start with this. Number one, number one is no strings attached. No strings attached. You know what that means, but the, the word give means to freely transfer the possession of something to someone, someone else. Freely transfer the possession of it. In other words, uh, I had it, now you have it, right? That's giving. It was mine, 
Now it's not mine. It was mine, now it's yours. That's giving. I have it, you have it. Not, not I have it, and now I still kind of have it. <laughs> not, it was mine, I gave it to you, but it's still kind of mine. <laughs> not, I retain control of it. I retain a little bit of influence in your life now because I gave it to you. I mean, no, that's not giving, that's buying. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. And so if something is, is truly given, then the person you gave to does not owe you anything. If you gave it to them, then they can do whatever they want with it. And if they do something that you don't like what they do with it, that's none of your business because you gave it to them. If if you want to still maintain some control over it, you didn't give it to them. And therefore, it doesn't qualify as a gift. You understand where I'm going with this? Yep. Therefore, no corn stock. It won't come because you mishandled your seed. It won't produce back for you. Okay, listen, even requiring someone to, uh, to say thank you would undo the, the, the power of your seed. In other words, you give it to them, kind of, but what you hold on to it, you know? What do you say? What do you say? And you're not going to release it until they say thank you. Okay, that you just took the, you just undid the power of your gift because it wasn't fully a gift. You purchased their gratitude. Now, I'm not implying for a second that, we sh that people shouldn't be grateful. We all should be grateful for everything that comes to us. If someone does something for you personally, you ought to be full of gratitude. If you're not, you think they owed you, right? But if you are, if you are grateful, if, if you are grateful, you know they had a choice. This was something they chose to do. This was a gift they gave you, and thank you. Come on, if you think God owes you heaven, you're not grateful. But if you know he didn't owe you anything but gave it to you freely, come on, your worship looks a little better because there's gratitude coming out of your heart. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah, I'm saved. And so uh, I don't want to uh, purchase someone's thank you. I don't want to... Why, why don't I want to do that? If I want it to be a gift, it can't have that. If I want to buy something from someone, then I could do that. We, we do that all the time in life. We buy things. If I want to loan it to you, fine. That's a loan. That's, if I want to let you use it, that's fine. But if I want to give it, and giving gets, gets certain credit, it's a blessing to the receiver, it gets credit in the kingdom of God but I don't want to give and it not really be giving or pretend I'm giving, but, it not, but I not really get um, the full benefit of that giving. It's, you know, it's like when the person says, you know, I've done so much for them. I've given them so much. The least they could do is, <laughs> well, I mean, what that reveals is you've never given them anything. You've loaned it to them or, or you, you've purchased their response. Hallelujah. Even if it's your own kids. 
You know, I've given my kids so much, and the least they could do is call me. <laughs> well, is that, did you, were you buying their attention later in life? Because it sounds like you never gave them a thing. Hallelujah. And so this is real. I think sometimes we're undoing our giving because we want some kind of something back. My something back, I'm going to leave that in the hands of God. My something back is he's going to bless me. He's going to help me. He's going to multiply my seed and give it back. But the seed, just like, the, again, the farming, the farmer, that seed literally has to go on the ground and you leave it. You know, you may water and so forth, but you leave it. You're not going back after it. <laughs> You're going to let it do its thing. And then sometime in the future, it will produce uh, the harvest of what it was contained to do. Now, now giving contains uh, benefits. We know this for, for the giver and the receiver. Of course, it, it's beneficial to the receiver, but giving in God's kingdom is beneficial to the one giving. It might not be instant, other than you may feel you know, a sense of joy or something like that, satisfaction in helping someone else or being a part of something important. Um, but because of this, we should actually give and not just loan or buy. Amen. Amen. Think about how, how God gives things. I, I was considering some of the, the things that he has given to you know, human beings it goes all the way back to Genesis, and you can see how God really means it when he gives something. In, in Genesis 1 and verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. So, so the Lord gave dominion, and when dominion was about to be abused, did you notice he didn't step in and stop it from happening? When Adam was about to give over his dominion to Satan, God watched it happen. Do you think that would have been a good time to step in and say, no, you're not allowed to do that? Because Adam basically turned over all power and authority that was given to him over to Satan. And uh, I have a book on that subject. Uh, but God let it happen. And even after it happened, God didn't jump in there and say, time out. All right, Mr. Devil, you can't have that. Just take it back. He took it back, but it took, you know, thousands of years. And it eventually happened through Jesus going to the cross and Jesus dying unjustly, but then being able to take the keys of death, hell, and grave back from Satan and hand it over to the church. And now here we are with dominion again. But you notice God gave it away and he really meant it, even when it was uncomfortable. Amen. There's a scripture over in the, in the Proverbs that, uh, that says, what does it say? <laughs> the man who uh, swears to his own hurt and does not change. It's talking about someone who will make a commitment will promise, will tell someone they'll do something and then realize, oh no, that's, I'm gonna need that or I can't fulfill that. But because they, they swore and it's gonna hurt them, because they're a person of integrity, they do it anyway. Like, oh, I didn't know that was, yikes, I didn't consider everything, but I gave you my word and so it's done. 
That's a giver. They give their word, they give their commitment, they give their finances, they give their help, and it's done. It's, you don't owe me anything. Now, if you, again, if you want to make trades with people, go for it. That's not, nothing wrong with that. You do this for me, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That's okay. That's not giving. That's just mutual cooperation, and lots of people do that. Giving is a whole nother level of maturity. Giving says, I worked for this. I earned this. I'm giving it to you. Really? What, what, what can I do for you? Nothing. Don't ruin it for me. Well, I'm going to help you out someday. No, no, no. If you ever do, completely separate that from this. Because I want my seed to work. I want this to be a legitimate, genuine gift. And I won't do anything where, I, where I'm buying something back from you. See, this is how we give to the Lord. This is how we give to the kingdom. This is how we give to others. It's correct. Uh, John 3, 16, Jesus said, uh, God, uh, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that, yikes. <laughs> By the way, I'm over here. <laughs> I need that camera right there. Boom, that one right there. God so loved the world that he gave. gave. Now, was Jesus fully given? Yeah. Just for a little bit of pain? No, gave his life. He went to the nth degree, he suffered and gave his life. In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, it reads, for the gifts and callings of God are, come on, help me now. Are, gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. That may, say, that's kind of dangerous. Lord, you're giving gifts to people. What if they abuse them? He's not taking them back. What if they don't answer the call? It's there anyway. It just is. Someone said, well, I, have, I haven't answered the call of God for my life, and it's been many years. Well, guess what? <laughs> Still there. Yep. Might want to giddy up and answer that thing because it's not going anywhere. God's not going to change his mind. He gives. And those things are based on his own you know, purview. He, he can do it. He gives, and then it's just given. Well, I think I've messed myself up so much, and I don't know if God will still use me. The gift is still there. It's irrevocable. Praise God. And so this is a correct and proper way to give. Let's go on to another one. Number two, number two is give your best. Is, is to, a proper way to give is to give your best. Now, you've been waiting in Genesis there, haven't you? In Genesis chapter 4, I've been, I want to read this passage about the first offering in Scripture. And so look with me. Let's read about Cain and Abel's offerings. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain 
and his offering. And Cain was very angry. His countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Uh, so, uh, interesting that the first murder and the first offering were in the same passage. Right? What is up with that? Because that wasn't the last time someone died over an offering in the Bible. You come over to Acts chapter 5, you read about Ananias and Sapphira both dying over their offering and, and that situation. And, and there, there, there may be more, but I think a lot of people uh, have this same kind of angst when it comes to giving, when it comes to offerings. A lot of times people, people are still in our day um, getting angry over offerings. Do you know that? You know, I, I realize some people won't come to church because of offerings. Some people are angry and they, they are very judgmental about all uh, people, especially preachers and ministers and churches and stuff, uh, when it comes to money. Money gets under their skin. Money, they think about it night and day. They bow down at, at its altar. <laughs> and if someone, if someone, in their opinion, abuses it or misuses it, oh, that, that is the end of things. And we know we... Taught you this some last week. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You know, as they say in, as they say in Washington, you know, if you want to find what's going on, follow the money, right? Because there's a real, people will become crooked when it comes to financial gain. And, uh, and, and there is oftentimes sin associated with it. But here we've got Cain killing Abel today. And uh, in, in their day. And, and uh, you know, why does it strike such a chord? Think about offerings. Who, whose idea were they? Is this, uh, think about Cain and Abel's offering. All of a sudden, we're in Genesis 4. We know time is running very fast through these verses because one minute, you know, there's Adam and Eve. Next minute, they've got two kids. Next minute, they're married. And it's like, so this is covering many, many years, because the population is growing very fast. Uh, but we've got, it doesn't say, it just says Cain brought his offering one day, and Abel brought his offering to the Lord. Where did they get that idea? You know, it doesn't tell us, but I don't believe they came up with it. Just this is a fleshly decision. They're giving offerings to the Lord. Whose idea was that? Okay, I really believe it was God's idea, even though there was no commandment to do it. There was no law to do it. They're not saying, oh, you know, it's first Sunday. Ah, time to bring our offering. You know, it, it's, the Lord requires this, and if we're gonna survive, we better bring our offering. No, there's no mention of that whatsoever, yet they were still doing it. I believe they knew God's ways. And here's where, where we can see it a little bit prior to this, as far as their motivation, is the Garden of Eden. 
and God created this massive, massive, uh, huge garden with beautiful trees and fruit galore, and, and it was wonderful. And then he said, by the way, there's a tree in the middle. Don't touch that one. Leave that one alone. And so you can see that God gives abundantly, but the idea of reserving something and, and, and having it set apart for his exclusive use is a God concept, all right? He did that in the garden. Again, no law of Moses, no commandments to do certain things. It's just the way God was. And I believe he instructed them, this is right, this is honorable, this is how you treat things. And so them giving their offerings to the Lord, I think is, is a God thing. It has always been, it is today. It's not the idea of churches and preachers and, and, and no, this is a God thing we're involved with. And, and how many know we have to have that answered? I think it's important that we all have to have that answered personally. Why do I do this? Why am I doing what I'm doing? First and foremost, I believe it's the will of God. If you're not convinced of that, why would you do it? I mean, why would you, why would you give your money to a church? Why, why would you do that if you didn't be, believe God wanted you to? Say, well, I feel guilty if I don't. Well, stop it. You're not getting that guilt from us. I say, get convinced about what you believe is the will of God for you. I'll teach you, and I have and will, and I do this myself because I am convinced it is the will of God for me to give, and to give a lot. I mean, relative to who, where I am, give a lot. Might not be a lot for you, but I think this is the will of God. And whenever something is the will of God, you will find that there will be opposition. Okay, it doesn't mean that people automatically handle it right. Doesn't mean all churches and ministers have always handled it right. There's, of course, there's error. There's flesh involved. All right, but because something is of God, there's going to be opposition. The first opposition came with Cain. What inspired that? What inspired his knocking out of his brother? Well, I mean, just go, if you want to go back all the way to the root, we'd say Satan. Jesus said he's a murderer. Satan is a murderer. He's one who kills. So he was inspired by the devil to murder. What precipitated that action even being considered? It goes back to this. The enemy, Satan, is fighting against offerings. Again, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that validates all activity around money in, in the world today. It doesn't. There's a lot of wrong things that have happened. But giving, dedicating something to the Lord, holy to the Lord, is a God thing, and Satan's going to fight against it. He's going to fight against it, one, to try to shut it down. Two, he'll try to get us to partially um, be involved and then not get credit for it. I'm talking about mishandling the seed, which is what our subject is mishandling the seed. He will fight against it, so the end result, people aren't helped, the gospel doesn't go forward, and the blessing of God doesn't kick back in multiplied form upon God's people. Come on. Good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody okay? Yes. Does the Lord still want us to dedicate a portion to him? See, if we're not convinced of that, then why, why, why would we do this? Right. Say, Pastor, don't say that. The offerings are going to go down on the church. 
I would rather they go down than people not be helped in all seriousness. That's why I'll say things that probably aren't smart for those who run the numbers. <laughs> I say, if you don't want to give, don't. Keep it. Now, I don't think that's going to help you long term, but it will help if you get your heart in the right place, get your believing right, and then give it from that place. Say, well, I'm not there. I'm annoyed. A guy told me years ago when we used to, you know, send the offering containers down the rows, he said, he, one of the ushers told me, he was watching some guy, uh, the offering container came by, and he looked at it, pulled some money out of his pocket, and threw it in there. Like he was like, like annoyed. Like, I got to do this. Send it on. I thought, dude, you have totally missed this. <laughs> I've totally, you keep your, your, your $10 or whatever you did. Because <laughs> it, was, you know, it, it wasn't something that was done right. That's why I say if we're going to do it right. Would you tell someone not to pray over not praying right? I would. Say, I've told people that. Say, well, I need prayer. And then when they start talking, I say, we're not ready to pray. It's not time to pray. We've got to get some things adjusted inwardly, and then we'll pray. Why? Because prayer is supposed to work. I mean, how many people pray all their lives, they don't see things happen? And therefore, their confidence is in the tubes, right? They, they don't believe it's going to happen the next time because they're praying too soon. Giving should be done thoughtfully, prayerfully, and with a motive that is biblically inspired. This came from God. I am acting on the will of God. I'm putting my seed into God's kingdom. Woo! It's going to be good for them. It's going to be good for me. And if I don't have that, why am I doing this? Well, guilt. We're not supposed to act out of guilt. Hallelujah. And so, and I'm running out of time here today, but uh, Cain's offering wasn't good enough. It wasn't accepted. It wasn't respected. What was wrong with it? There's no mention of the, there's no mention here of, of Abel's offering being like a blood offering and Cain's offering was not. So it's, like, it's about life and the blood. There's no mention of that kind of thing here. It wasn't that God liked, you know, shepherds more than farmers. <laughs> Why was Cain's offering rejected and Abel's offering accepted? Think we should know this? Lest we give a Cain-esque offering? Lest our offerings be not accepted by the Lord? Have you ever not accepted a gift from someone because of the way they were doing it or maybe you knew something behind the scenes or it had a lot of strings attached? I have before. I said no. And I could have used it, but I don't like the way this is coming to me. So I want you to just keep that. Would, does the Lord ever do that? According to this passage, yes. Some things are given to him. He says, nah. Now, the transfer may happen legally or, you know, financially on earth, but the Lord isn't receiving it. I don't want that happening with my offerings. Come on. Good. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to tell you next week. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of time today. And I want to go into making sure our offerings are able and not Cain. They are enabled. Boo. <laughs> but it'll be worth it. Because it'll make all the difference in the world. Amen. Because there's a right way to do the things of God. And there's a wrong way. And, you know, when I do it like this, 
How many know there's no sales pitch here? Because otherwise you've got to close while they're in front of you. Get them to sign right now. Get them to close. On, we're not trying to get anything from any, anybody. We're wanting all of us to do things the way that God wants us to do them. Praise God. Father, thank you for working in here today, showing us your way. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, Congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.